0: here at Mother Honestly, and certainly, you know, in my sort of universe, our conversations are women-centered, but we've talked so much about how we do need to recruit men into these conversations because, you know, they're part of the workforce and right now they are most of the bosses. And so we need them to work with us to understand the circumstances
1: we exist in. I was just really upset that this woman wasn't being considered. Um, and she was, you know, basically shouldering all of the responsibilities of not just the relationship, um, or keeping the relationship afloat, but also keeping the home afloat, keeping the kids, you know, together. And, and I mean, that was, it was too much.
2: I'm not just the CEO, I'm also the first dad of Ivy. So my two-year-old Grace has been attending our programs. She's three months old and that, that really wasn't enough for us. So we went and had twins about six months ago or seven months ago now. So. Um, not just the first dad. I guess I'm also the biggest customer uh, in a, in our uh, in our company. Um, but obviously, tripling the size of our family in the heart of a pandemic uh, and moving at the same time introduces a lot of moving parts. So many employers are now reimagining what does it mean to be the best place to work. And for a long time, they were able to, to lean on flexibility. But guess what? Flexibility doesn't work that means that you know you put your kids to bed and you work from 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. and then you wake up and do the whole thing again. I think they're starting to notice that. And um, there's a huge appetite to bring childcare um, as a benefit because things like kombucha and ping pong tables and nap rooms, that's not what people need. And you see that in the numbers.
1: This is Level Up, a Mother Honestly podcast powered by Indeed. The last two years have been about mothers taking a step back to support our families. As we navigate the post-pandemic future of women at work, we are back ready to level up personally and professionally. We host real and honest conversations with global leaders in parenting, business, work, and life, providing step-by-step solutions for your next level. I am your host, Blessing Adichion founder and CEO of Mother Honestly, a chemical engineer, energy supply chain, and operational excellence leader, and a mother of four. You will also hear from my friend and co-host, Andrea Molan, founder and CEO of Victory Public Relations, and mother to two boys. We are here to level up with Indeed. Welcome back. Hi, Andrea. Hi, blessing. How are you? I'm fine. I'm excited. Our last podcast did really well. We got a lot of downloads and so many people listened. So I'm back. Are you, are you ready for the second go round?
0: I am. This has been super fun and, um, I love having these conversations. I said that I love having, love talking about work and family. And so this is just has been really fun. I love that. How was your weekend? How are the, how are the boys? They're great. We had we are in the sweet spot now, where neither of my kids for like two weeks had any um, sports. It was in between seasons, so we really were able to have some nice family time and like relaxation. So that was
1: nice. How about you? I know you had a busy weekend. I had a busy weekend, and then my my busy weekend became a total fiasco on Instagram. Um, <laughs> so so that was so I had an interesting week uh, and weekend, if you will. So on Instagram, I had mentioned. You know, I I watched a show on Netflix and I don't know if it's everywhere, but it's called Young, um, Famous and African. So, of course, everybody knows that I'm from Nigeria. Um, I grew up in Nigeria. I spent about 15, 16 years in Nigeria before I went to um, the University of Florida. Um, So, you know, I watched the show and I was just very taken aback by, you know, the role of a particular woman. In the show so i shared that on instagram about just how furious and upset i was and i think i went a little too far or maybe not i don't i really don't know i think people a lot of people just didn't really like they felt like i was judgmental if you will but anyways you know we talked about it and and really i think what really stood out to me was how do we um you know raise men that you know truly respect women um because that was really what sent me over the roof, if you will. Like, I was just really upset that this woman wasn't being considered. Um And she was, you know, basically shouldering all of the responsibilities of not just the relationship, um, or um, keeping the relationship afloat, but also keeping the home afloat, keeping the kids, you know, together. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that was, it was too much. And it was just crushing her. So that was my weekend, if you will. And I saw that you, so I missed that what you know
0: i missed the details of what happened so i um but i did see you had taken it down and you acknowledged that maybe you could have phrased your feelings articulated your feelings a little bit differently and so what i really am very you know and this just goes to who you are and i think why it's so important to have these conversations is because you know we don't get everything right and we are emotional these issues that we're talking about and that we're experiencing are very emotional and um, sometimes the conversations are going to get a little bit messy
1: so i think that it that emotional reaction is not necessarily a bad thing it shouldn't be Yeah. I mean, everything is messy. Motherhood is messy. Life is messy. The economy is messy. I mean, we have a crazy situation going on in in Ukraine. We have inflation everywhere. So I think everyone is just really on the hot seat right now. Um, Everyone is on the edge. And I think we need to recognize that and be kind and empathetic because the honest truth is we're all doing our best. We're all operating at our personal best. And, And I think that was what I had to remind myself that, you know, no matter how I feel about this situation, this woman, this man is operating, they're all operating at their personal best. Yes, that is the truth. So Andrea, let's chat. It's been a week now and we, you and I, we were talking about leveling up um, together. So how, how have you leveled up in the last week?
0: So, um, thank you for asking. And these couple of weeks have been particularly chaotic for me professionally, but I remind myself that that's good. And we just were having a conversation about the fact that pressure is a privilege and we work really hard to not let that veer into the stressful category. So stress is bad, but pressure is good. And um, something that I did last year that was really just enjoyable for me is that I put some, I'm a big reader. That is my hobby. I love to read books both fiction and non-fiction, and I um, put more structure behind it. So I made it, I just organized the approach, my approach to books a little bit differently. And what I found was that that leveled up my reading. So I was reading, I read 63 books last year, which was a lot for me, cause I had read like maybe 30 the year before. And I read both books that I enjoyed more, as well as books that I learned
1: more from. So um, one of the books that I have been reading is um, Unicorn Space by Eve Rotsky. And I know I, I think I gave an assignment when we chatted the last time. I'm like, yes. you let to go read Eve Rotsky's book and listen to a podcast, Time Out, which I absolutely love. And um, when I read that book, and of course, if anybody has read Eve Rotsky's book called Unicorn Space, I am actually in that book. I don't know if you figured it out already. Um, and, you know the book is about, you know, finding out or tapping into your creativity, right? Um, Because a lot of time women just don't have the time to follow their passion, to follow their dreams, um, or to do something else outside of the three P. Did you get a chance to read the book or at least like listen to the podcast any? I
0: haven't read the book yet, but I did, you know, you did tell me, and you've talked about Eve Rodsky quite a bit. Um, So I started listening to the new podcast, Time Out, and I was immediately hooked it is I can't believe that I haven't with everything that we've talked about and you know the work that I do and the way that I run my life i cannot believe that I haven't you know dug into her material more i you know earlier but the podcast is called time out I was completely riveted um I do want to read her book and you're this is actually the second time this week that I'm talking about this because um, it came up with another guest of the podcast. So she and her host, Aditi Narukar, are just completely masterful. And the focus of the podcast is this idea that we live, as you kind of touched on, in a society that guards men's time like like it is diamonds and treats women's time like it's infinite. And so the first episode, they have this really compelling chat about what they refer to as tiny betrayals that women face in their relationships that reinforce that idea. And I love that there's no judgment. They both talk about the fact that they're married to progressive men who are feminists, and yet they still come up against these tiny betrayals that make them feel like You know their marriage is gonna fail and they can't live like this and um it's so i think it's just so timely obviously but it's also um kind of nice to hear that conversation and there's no easy answers this is what we talked about before there's like no easy answer to these issues that we're up against but i think having these conversations very honestly and openly and transparently are just so important because it gives people like you and me and hopefully the listeners of this podcast The understanding that these are like issues that we all face, and we can be upset and angry, but like we kind of have to work together to get over them.
1: Absolutely, and um, and I, you know, I love that you mentioned the fact that society guards men's time, like it's diamonds, and we all know that, and you know, that's the biggest reason why women continue to shoulder a lot of the responsibilities. Um, whether it's at home or even in the workplace. And um, I think that's a great segue into um, our wonderful guest today, Charlie. Um, And I know you chatted with Charlie. um, And, you know, what I love about Charlie, when I met him, he it was 3 days before he had his twin boy i think they are, i think they are twin boys or girls um i may i may be confusing both um but he had he has twins and, yes and, he does uh, it was a few days before he had the twins and he had read my newsletter about you know just the idea right that women can't work without childcare. And um, Charlie is the co-founder and CEO of Vivi. And he was like, oh my God, I need to chat with Blessing. So he sent me a quick email and said, I just read your newsletter. I wanna support women. I wanna support um, you know, the, the ability to find childcare. And so that was how we started chatting. And he's such an involved dad. Um, I hear that Charlie actually um, brings his three kids through the subway. Um, from, I think it's, you know, outside of Tribeca, although, you know, brings them in into New York and it is just amazing. Um, and it runs obviously VV, like I said, so VV provides, um, exceptional childcare and early education. They have programs across the country, including on campus, in home, in office, care cash, and virtual tutoring. Um, Vivi also partners with employers of all sizes to make childcare more accessible and affordable. And by helping companies cater to this working parents and providing a comprehensive vision for today's families, Vivi offers the most powerful tool for recruiting, retention, and productivity. And that's what I love about. The work that Charlie and his team does, and oh, by the way, Vivi is also partnering with us for this upcoming caregiving and work summit, which everyone should go ahead and register because it's going to be an amazing day. Um, I love the fact that we are now starting to talk about childcare as a workplace issue. So, Andrea, do you want to like what was your um, take on your conversation with with Charles, or I, mean, I should call him? It Charles. was awesome
0: yes I asked him if he prefers Charles or Charlie and he said either is fine but I called you know I like to keep it casual so I called him Charlie um he is really just a very open thoughtful obviously very hardworking person and you know we here at mother honestly and certainly you know in my sort of universe our conversations are women centered, but we've talked so much about how we do need to recruit men into these conversations because, you know, they're part of the workforce and right now they are most of the bosses. And so we need them to work with us to understand the circumstances we exist in. Um, And I think that he's doing a really good job of shepherding that conversation within the Vivi organization. I hope that the listeners find it interesting as they hear some of what he thinks the solutions
1: to this childcare issue could be, even down the road. Love it, love it. So we're gonna bring up Charlie um, to talk about childcare with us and why it's so needed for the future of women at work.
0: Hi, Charlie. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're thrilled to have you and um, especially thrilled because this conversation comes in few days before our summit, our upcoming summit, which Vivi is a part of, um, first things first, we always like to ask our guests to share the details of their family dynamic and, you know, if you have children and are partnered, how do you manage childcare and the running of your household?
2: Great. Well, uh, thank you so much for having me and I'm so excited to be a part of this. I always like to joke that I'm not just the CEO; I'm also the first dad of it. So my two-year-old Grace has been attending our programs since she was three months old, and that that really wasn't enough for us. So we went and had twins about six months ago, or seven months ago now. So um, I'm not just the first dad, I guess I'm also the biggest customer uh, in a, in our uh, in our company. Um, but obviously, tripling the size of our family in the heart of a pandemic uh, and moving at the same time introduces a lot of moving parts and a lot of stress. And what what absolutely bar none keeps us together as a family is my wife, Kathleen, uh, who really, I may be the CEO at Bibby. she's the CEO at home. Um, and so how have we managed to do this? The first is by grace of, of just her Olympian patience and thoughtfulness and, uh, unvarnished love, uh, and commitment to our family. Um, but really if you think about it, I think so much of this comes down to number one, relying on the support of others. Number two, really great communication. Number three, getting into the routines that we rely on to to make sense of the insanity around us. And so like on the routine front, a lot of this has been around, okay, we're gonna get the bottles and the lunches ready the night before. um, And we're gonna have the clothes laid out the night before that way in the morning, it's just ready to go, right? Um, I think a big part of it comes down to how we're communicating with each other around pickup time and drop off time. Cause even though I'm very fortunate that I'm the CEO of Vivian, all of my kids attend our programs, um, we moved outside the city. in July, right before the babies were born. And so that's introduced to commute into the element, which means if we don't leave the house by 6.45 in the morning, we're stuck in two hours of traffic, right? So it's like, as soon as we open our eyes, we're on the way to get there. The other component, this is my wife has a career and a job. She's a nurse uh, and she's in a lot of ways our hero, especially over the last two years going through the pandemic, both as a nurse and having been pregnant with twins, it forces us to really um, rely on communicating with each other. And that doesn't mean it doesn't get messy more often than not. It doesn't mean that we're not always afraid, but it means that we know that at the end of the day, we're on the same team and relying on that. Number two, look, we're very fortunate to have a lot of family around us. Her family lives near us. My parents come over every Thursday night and spend the 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 night and the day with the kids so that I don't have to commute one day a week. Um, I think a big portion of what's kept us sane, or at least kept our heads above water, Uh, enough to survive has been being able to ask for help because it is such a change at every one of these milestones right going from no kids to one kid going from one kid we skipped straight to three but in each of these it's it's um it's a huge disruption and so like i said before while i might be the ceo at vivi she's the ceo at vanilla household and um uh framing it in that way mentally for myself has also been helpful because i know that um my job has to be to support her her vision and and give her the resources and the time and, and uh that kind of communication in order to make sure that we're all surviving and, and occasionally thriving
0: yes with little babies that is a very challenging thing to do i i remember those days very well um so as we described earlier your company vivi is dedicated to making childcare more accessible and affordable so aside from your experience as a working father which came after Vivi was launched can you share a bit about your personal experience that led you to this mission
2: yeah I mean you, you hit it you hit it on the head right over there right my experience as an actual working dad I think has made me a better CEO and a better, better advocate on behalf of the families that were so proud to serve here at Vivi and the employers that were so proud to serve here but my experience with this and, and really the inspiration started almost a decade ago when I co-founded my last company And we grew to have about a thousand people under our purview. And it was there that I saw firsthand the impact the childcare had on working families and also on their employers. And frankly, it was like right when we hit 150 people, once a week, somebody would come into my office, close the door and say, I'm pregnant, or my wife's pregnant, or my partner's pregnant, or we just hired somebody with a kid or somebody just adopted a child. Is there any childcare around here? Can we bring the baby in? And even though one mom brought her baby in every day. Almost everybody else would come back the next week in tears and they'd say, oh my God, did you know it cost over $3,500 a month Put my kid in a daycare that looks and smells like a hospital and it's a half hour away and it's only open until three and there's a 15 month waiting list but it only takes nine months to make a baby. Even though it takes 10 months to make a baby, is even worth it for me to go back to work. And a lot of them never did, but you know, that led me to really dig into this and try to find a solution. If you close your eyes and point to a map of the U.S., uh, what these families experience is what everybody experiences, if not worse. Families spend more on childcare than they do on housing, healthcare, food, and college, and there's not enough of it. 75% of Americans live in a place where there's at least three times the number of kids to available capacity for them. And, and weirdly enough, that's even more pronounced in dense areas like New York City or San Francisco or LA. And that's not to say that the child care crisis isn't national and endemic in nature. It's just to say that that was a counterintuitive fact that kind of blew my mind. And so when we really looked at it, we said, okay, well, why is the system set up like this? And frankly, so much of it is because most childcare centers, preschools, and and regular schools were set up before moms had jobs, right? And so even just thinking about about it practically, if two parents are both working and have careers, how do you reconcile that with a school that closes at three o'clock or four o'clock or five o'clock or six o'clock? Because so much of that work that allows somebody to really drive their career happens you know, from five to seven, how can you take on a West Coast client if you have to leave at four o'clock to go pick up your kid? How do you how do you expect to be a part of some of these ongoing mentoring opportunities or engagement opportunities if your day shuts off at this other time, especially if you're in a client-facing role? And so while we're very fortunate all around as, as a world, I think, to to have more flexibility in the last two years, it's still a problem that lingers of how do we find a solution for our most prized assets, our most precious. I don't know, our children, right? I don't know how to to even qualify it over from that, that aligns with our lives today. And without compromise, it has to have coverage, it has to have quality, and it has to have a lot of heart. And that's what I think we're driving towards every single day.
0: Yeah, I love the um, last point that you made, specifically about the experience that the kids have. We know that there are so many disruptions, even when you have the best childcare solution. Um, And so it is, um, you know, the impact on that, obviously to the family is very high and as well as to the kids. And so making sure that all of these pieces line up to accommodate the needs of the families and the children, um, being at the forefront, I think of these conversations is very important. Um, And though all of those challenges are very well documented and something that we discuss frequently here at Mother Honestly. so can you describe how Vivi relieves some of those challenges that, you know, we've been talking about? And um, how do you envision broadening that impact? So, and how many locations are there now?
2: So we have three locations right now, but in addition to our location and many more coming behind it, but in addition to our locations, you know, one of the biggest shifts that we have have had over the last two years has been really growing into what we call an omnichannel care platform, which really means being at the right place. At the right time um, at the highest quality for families so in addition to our schools we also run on-site programs for employers where we're actually building childcare programs in their offices we have our in-home program which operates nationally and then we have some financial services for families too but at the heart of what we do and really the inspiration behind this was checking those boxes that we met before the first part of that is quality right because even though children are designed to thrive and grow This is the most critical time of a child's life where their brain develops more quickly and more robustly than any other point. And so how do we do that? It comes down to our teachers. Our teachers in our schools are all full-time employees. They'll have college degrees with years of experience. We give them all salaries, benefits, and they actually all have ownership in VIVI. So they're all shareholders in VIVI. And we thought that that was really important to tie their success to the long-term success of the children in their, their care. To my knowledge, there's almost nobody else that offers that. And then our curriculum isn't about ditto sheets and, you know, scripts. We give teachers tools to observe the children and help develop themes around what they're interested in so that they can help develop intellectually, emotionally, and physically towards those, you know, to some extent biological milestones, but really the milestones that we're all looking towards. And so you'll always get parents that that say, uh, well, I need to have, make sure that my child's getting into Harvard and they need to be able to do differential equations by the time they're four years old um and a lot of love for 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 all parents because everybody has different needs but at rn we really want to consider how do we inspire a lifelong love of learning and the only way that you can do that is with exceptional teachers number two is about flexibility right and coverage so we talked about this before what does a parent's schedule look like and how do you do this without nickel and dining them vivi's open 7 a.m to 7 p.m monday through friday 250 days a year Uh, you know, when I was looking for myself and even when I was doing research in the early days, I was shocked by how many schools had uh, a a $5 a minute late fee. That means that if you're 15 minutes delayed because of traffic, you're paying $75. It's truly insane on top of all the other pressures. How do we just become a one-stop shop? And finally, it's about family experience. And so I'm really proud that we brought on a team from some of the top hospitality groups Uh, in the country to architect and experience for families. In a lot of ways, high-end restaurants and hotels, they have to take a birthday or an anniversary or a wedding and make it special. We have to take a a poopy diaper on a Tuesday morning when it's raining out and there's traffic or the subway isn't working and make sure that it doesn't destroy somebody's day, right? This is how we ascribe meaning to it. It's how we drive surprise and delight. And sure, there's a lot of hard work in here, but really what it comes down to is a lot of elbow grease and a lot of love.
0: I love that. I love the idea of um, injecting some joy into a process that is frankly very, um, you know, the opposite of probably very joyful for a lot of families. Yeah. Um So we talked a little bit about the difference between your experience prior to being a father and your view of childcare prior to becoming a father yourself. Um, but the big sort of elephant in the room is that Vivi was launched in 2018. That was pre-pandemic. And so much has changed in the world um, since then. Of course, it even sounds very, um, you know, silly to say that, but that's the reality that we're we're living in a different world today. So has your view of childcare, broadly speaking, changed? or since the pandemic and so we've talked a lot and we've heard a lot about how these issues existed well before the pandemic and that the pandemic simply put a microscope to it um do you think that's strictly true when it comes to childcare, and certainly factoring in the fact that a lot of families have remote work to contend with well
2: i think if anything else the pandemic has certainly um it shifted the needs and made it even more urgent and critical for families um for us in particular you know the lens that we looked at the world through uh, was totally shattered on march 15th 2020 when we got the same letter that every other child care provider got which was you open your doors you're going to jail and and there were a lot of inflection points throughout where we really had to look in the mirror and say to ourselves what kind of company are we who are we and i'll tell you what my co-founder and i screamed into our pillows for 20 hours straight uh after we got that letter, and when we woke up, we came to two conclusions. Number one was we weren't going to let go of any teachers, and we didn't. And number two, we were going to show up to serve where we had the opportunity. And it came just a couple of days later when uh, we were we were able to reach out to you know one of the top hospital networks in New York and say, "Do you need child care during this time?" And they said, "Yes, absolutely. If we don't have child care, thousands of people are going to die because nurses won't be able to come to work." And we received a special exception from the city to remain open. That really forced us to reconsider That's amazing. what kind of a company are we and that led us to really expand our offerings to be where people are right because the schools are, are incredible and they will always be the heart of what we do as a company because it's the best way to deliver care and learning but increasingly as people are elsewhere as their lives are hybrid you know flexibility really works for a lot of people for parents routine is the name of the game right how do you plan around three you know multiple young people who are rely on you to live and have no agency in the decision so you know i'll just give you one example i mentioned before we have our in-home program we now have families that will use three days on campus and two days in home or vice versa because that's how they're working and they happen to work near Vivi, but they live out in the suburbs or vice versa to some of that happened organically right but this is a very deliberate push on our side to to demonstrate the flexibility that families need today and to go there because to my knowledge, we're the only provider that can uh, afford that kind of seamless transition for both a parent and for a child. Um, So yes, this is child care, but it's also family care.
0: Yes, I love that.
1: I want to pause here and talk about our partner, Indeed. The last few years have forced women to rethink the role that work plays in their lives. In fact, Flexibility has become a major priority for women going back to work. As a mother of four, I understand how important it is to have flexibility in your job. As much as I'd love for things to always go according to plan, life with kids is unpredictable. Indeed can help mamas like you find a company that is empathetic and understanding of your needs. Because it's not just about finding a place to work. It's about finding a job that works for you. With Indeed, you can find a job that has the flexibility to fit your life, not the other way around. Not to mention, with Indeed's Work Happiness Report, you can make sure a company scores well on the things that matters most to you, like compensation, inclusion, and flexibility visit indeed.com slash better work to learn more about how indeed is committed to helping women find better work
0: so what's next for vivi what gets you excited these days
2: so it's a uh, it's the big question right? i think there's there's kind of three things that really upset me. The first is look, we're growing our footprint. So we have two more programs under, under construction right now. We want to get 30 more up in the next two years. So much of this has been driven by the, um, enthusiasm of two groups. The first are landlords who understand that if they want to be a place that people choose to come work or come live childcare is the cornerstone of that community. And so we're having some great conversations with some of the leaders in commercial and residential real estate around the country. And so I'm really excited about the opportunity to partner with them to really provide Vivi as an amenity and expand the offering beyond just folks who happen to work for a company that offers Vivi or happen to be able to afford exceptional childcare, right? This is about how do we expand it? Number two is employers. So many employers are now reimagining. What does it mean to be the best place to work? And for a long time, they were able to, to lean on flexibility. But guess what? Flexibility doesn't work if that means that you know you put your kids to bed and you work from 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. and then you wake up and you do the whole thing again. I think they're starting to notice that. And um, there's a huge appetite to bring child care um, as a benefit because things like kombucha and ping pong tables and nap rooms, that's not what people need. And you see that in the numbers. You see that in the great resignation. Um, yeah. People are being forced out of the workforce. And what's going to bring them back is the opportunity to, to honor their whole selves and to fulfill their dreams and their potential. And childcare is a huge component of that. I'll say one more thing here because I get so excited. The most pessimistic statistics say that 4% of employers offer childcare as a benefit. The most optimistic say 7%. Split the difference between them and say 5.5%. That number has got to go to 40% over the next, call it five years, um, if we're going to create um, an environment. That welcomes the best people into work every day for who they are
0: Uh, absolutely um so before we go into our lightning round which is a fun opportunity to get to know a little bit more about you um i just wanted to ask a question that i think is on a lot of our listeners minds which is that the so much of what we have been talking about and the work that we've been talking about the burdens that we've been talking about typically falls to the women in the relationship and moms. So yeah. how do you reconcile the unpredictability, the bumps that come up in the road, you know, how do it's inevitable that these things will arise. And so I don't know, um, you know, just as an employer, as someone who is working to support both families um, and in, you know, employ other employers and as a husband who, you know, you so eloquently talked about the role that you play in supporting your wife at home. Um, How do you, if not actually functionally, you know, address those um, unpredictabilities? How do you keep the, I think the right mindset about what they mean in the big picture?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of questions rolled into one, right. But um, it kind of, I think I think as soon as you have a kid, you realize that that planning is aspirational at best, um, and so you've got you've got directionality on where you're going, and everything else has to be um, has to be flexible. I'll give you an example that we had our twins christened yesterday, and we woke up and the power was out in our house, and it was like, of course, today is the day where this happens, and we had to scramble around and drop one kid off with my sister-in-law and one with my parents, and I had to call Con Ed and I had to figure out. Um, how do you do this? You, you realize that that a, a plan is exactly that, and a plan very seldom um, withstands first contact with opposition, right? So uh, how do you how do you how do you become resilient? Because if you rely on any one single thing, it's just such a vulnerability. And I think about that as a service provider, right? And so when we offer backup care to families, we want to make sure that we're offering an in-center option, an in-home option, and a financial option, so that they have coverage however they want to think about it. And that's for the employer side too. When we think about employers, we want to make sure that we're not just, that we're serving people with children ages 0 to 2, 2 to 5 and 6 to 18, that we can do it in our schools and our partner schools and their offices and their homes. When we're dealing with our employees, we want to make sure that, you know, that, that we're picking each other up. It, not only from a, from a sustainability perspective, it does not make sense to have everything rely on an individual person, myself included, right? but what kind of an organization do we want to be? And what kind of a place do you want to be to, to have people call home? And so like, you'll hear it, if you ever come to the Vivi offices, you'll hear people say, pick them up, right? One team. And that's the kind of thing that makes it happen. And maybe it's because so many of us are parents, um, but I think that it's infectious. And, and even if you don't have kids, it, it, it goes to show the type of organization that we are that supports you um, for, for who you are. And then look at home, it's kind of like you got to strap on you know, you strap on your helmet and your flak jacket and, and get ready to go. Um, I don't know, did I answer the question?
0: It's true, it, it is true. And it's, you did, it's a, it is a big question, you're right. And that's, you know, I, I grapple with it. I know every um, working parent that I know grapples with it. And that's the, um, you know, and frankly, obviously that's what we're hoping to sort of get to the heart of through these conversations. There is no easy answer. Something you had said previously, um, resonated, which is, you know, it's not always um, easy, and it's very rarely pretty. But you know, you kind of action. You do you you come up with an idea and you try your best to make it work. So I really appreciate you being willing to sort of have that conversation, which I know is very amorphous with us. Yeah,
2: you know, it's also funny because sometimes you look at you'll look at Instagram and you'll see people with like these beautiful photos and all their kids be like, Oh my God, what did they figure out that I didn't? And it's like, yeah. in my head, it's this constant Instagram versus reality situation where I'm saying yeah. that this is what it's like when it's polished up and behind the scenes, it took 75 takes to get there because who's running around, who's crazy. Who doesn't want to take a picture? It's just,
0: <laughs> yes, that is the truth for sure. Um, Thank you for that, Charlie. Um, and so now, quickly let's tackle the our lightning round this is as i mentioned just an uh, you know an opportunity to ask some fun questions that will help us to get to know you as a person a little bit better Great. um so very quickly what was the last thing you've read watched or listened to that you can't stop thinking about if in all of your spare time
2: <laughs> in all of my spare time well the one good thing about um, the one good thing about commuting has been the opportunity to actually listen to audiobooks um, and so I've been listening recently to, uh, um, uh, I'm, I'm a lifelong New Yorker. I was listening to a book called blood in the garden, um, about the 1990s, New York Knicks and so much of it came down to, um, what the culture was like in the organization from the players to the assistants, to the ball boys, to the you know front office and how that all fell apart so quickly. And so I just keep on thinking about that on a daily basis of it's okay if you choose not to do something, but. But what you have control, there's a lot of things that you can't control. Yeah. You can control over the decisions that you're making and how active or participant are you being in those decisions, right? So it's everything from like yeah. how I actually work with my my kids um, and what I talk to them. You know, me, 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 me and my daughter do our fun little daily affirmations when we're driving and it's as much for me as for her, right? I say, I'm strong, sure. I'm fine, I'm beautiful, <laughs> I'm smart, I'm hardworking, I'm a good friend. And so much of that is just, you get overwhelmed by the day and you've got to do that. But i think that's really special and it's really deliberate and we do it together and hopefully that's something that she takes with her forever um i don't know in, in sports are just a fun analogy a because i love that because my my you know my brain is somewhat limited and and this brings me back to something i was very passionate about in my childhood but it's also something like there are very few times in our lives that we can judge at the end of the day at the end of the week at the end of an etc if what we've done has been successful and when there's a scoreboard, it helps, right? So it's just kind of applying that mindset totally. and trying to be thoughtful and deliberate about how we experience the world around this.
0: I love that. I'm going to look into it because I am a, um, an audiobook person as well. Um, can you share a moment? Um, and it sounds like you might maybe already have. I love the idea of these affirmations you share with your daughter, but a moment of parenting success when you really just felt on top of your game.
2: <laughs> uh- Oh, well, it's funny because the affirmations are are very, very much, um, aspirational for us. I think, uh, look, every, I've got to count my wins where I can this morning. We got out of the house pretty seamlessly after yeah. a big, big day yesterday, we got in here, the babies were all happy and like yapping to each other. I'm counting that as, as a win for me. Um, but my daughter, um, I bring my daughter swimming every weekend. That's like our little thing. Right. And, uh, when we go into the um, the parking garage, it echoes a lot. Like we'll yell funny things, and she she just started yelling, "I love Daddy!" I was like, "Oh, oh my God, I'm gonna cry!" This the end of my day. I won, right? So like that was <laughs> that was my little win for the weekend.
0: That is amazing. Um, what does self care mean for you?
2: Oh my God, um, I think that the only thing that I am personally capable of right now is ensuring that I get six to eight hours of sleep per night. Right, so some of that is self preservation because. My brain just shuts off and I go to sleep at at a certain point. But um, uh, I think in order to be a family, you kind of have to be single minded a lot in your pursuits. So things like I don't I say to everybody I don't really have hobbies. I have my babies. I have my family. I have work, which I really love. Right? Yeah. I'm not saying that to be I'm not saying that to be um, to be cutesy. I I just love what I do, and I'm I'm both kept busy because of it and fulfilled by it on an intellectual and a physical level. Um. But I'm I'm pretty good about getting uh, at least attempting to get that sleep. And if the babies wake up, that's that's a whole other story. Right. But
0: yeah,
2: um, I'm in bed love it. And, and winding down at a time. that
0: <laughs> I love it. I'm an early to bed person. I Well, I should say I really protect my sleep as well. Um, shameless plug. What is it that um, you would like our listeners to do to learn more about Vivi or to learn more about you or? um how can we support you
2: i I really appreciate that i think number one is come to our website it's vivi.com and sign up for our newsletter it has some great content both as a parent as an employer and as an employer and number two arm yourself and and advocate for yourself right um a lot so many employers that we speak to just never knew that childcare was something that they could help subsidize because until very recently there's only one company that really does it and they'll only work with very large companies we've built vivi to serve companies wherever whenever and however we can. Um, and we have a lot of tools um, at play, including our Carrier Playbook to help support you as you construct an argument for your employer on why child care is a critical benefit to bring to the workplace.
0: Awesome. Thank you. And I just want to point out the details will be in our show notes, but it's VIVVI. And um, the name, is there any significance to that name we should know about? I can't believe I didn't ask this earlier
2: absolutely so i mentioned before that there was um one mom who brought her baby into work every single day at my last company and his name was dash that's that was the original name for vivi but it's a very expensive url and i was sitting there and vivi- <laughs> vivian is my niece um and so she and I had always had a very special relationship and uh, as we were considering the name i spent a you know there was a day where i was babysitting her and uh if you look around on our website you might see a very bright color of orange that's the color of her hair so a uh, little bit oh amazing is uh is, uh the namesake of our company.
0: Thank you for that.
2: Thank you.
1: Thank you for listening to the Mother Honestly podcast, a production of the Motor City Woman. Before you go, the Mother Honestly membership is open. We offer programs and toolkits that support you on the home front and work front. Corporate memberships are also available for employers looking to provide real solutions to employees at home and at work. Our Mother Honestly team are Robin Kinney, Audrey goodson Kingo, Christine All, Oluchi Obonaya, Fumbi Showande, and more. Follow us on social media at Mother Honestly. And remember to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Your reviews are important to us. Leave us a review and share with a friend. Come back next week as we level up with Indeed.